Hello and thanks for downloading this week's episode of the Cast Iron Theatre podcast where this week we've been chatting to the marvellous sketch group The Fantasticals. Just a heads up, there's a couple of rude words in this week's conversation, including that one. No, 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 the other one. Yeah, look, we know that you're fine with rude words, but if you're not entirely happy leaving this podcast lying around where your children or servants can find it, then consider yourself warned. Thank you for listening. Cast Iron Theatre Podcast, talking all things theatre in Brighton, talking all things music, comedy, improv, stand-up, workshops, juggling. If you are in any way creative in Brighton, we'll be speaking to you. This is episode three of the Cast Iron Podcast. We're proud to have the sketch group Fanny Tasticals in the room. It's a six-piece sketch group. We have three of them in here today. Uh, so let's say I'm to one by one. It, we have Sarah, so Davis. Hello. And we have Heather Rose Andrews. Hello. And we have Judy Bignall. Hi. Hello. So we're missing three of you today. Who are we missing? Sarah, Amy and Lisa. Fantastic. Together you are the uh, Fanny Tasticals, uh, but individually you've um, got uh, different histories. Uh, Sarah, uh, I'll be speaking to you first, I guess. Uh, what are you, Sarah? What, what do you do? Um, I do various things, Andrew. Yeah. Um, I work with young people, doing a little bit of youth theatre work. So how does that work? Do you direct shows or workshops? Yeah, or? they come together for a couple of hours every week at the end of the school week and uh, we play and build confidence and are particularly fond of devising so they've yeah. just completed a devising project and they put on a show this weekend it was gorgeous oh, that was at the new venture theatre that, that's, that, that's, that's where we're based that's where you're based for the youth theatre that's correct yeah and how was that how'd that go it was awesome so we had uh, taking a leaf out of your own book we had two casts a double cast it and double crewed it so one night Fantastic. they were cast and one night they were crew and then they switched the following night oh that's interesting so um for young people are uh, for my experience a lot of young people really enjoy the experience of being on stage they might not be that seduced by being backstage and doing crew so how did they find that yeah i think a lot of them discovered that they really loved that aspect mm-hmm. we've definitely found at least three uh, budding stage managers which is always good to know um, so they will be the people who have a career possibly yes <laughs> very organized yeah. <laughs> very caring very kind yeah um yeah it was awesome and i think that's something that's special about the new venture youth theater is that kids get the opportunity to do that yeah which is why i wanted to run set it. i was very delighted to set one up there because it is a real theater with people that can provide all those backstage skills and technical skills we had one doing the lighting that helped with the design and yeah well, it's a lovely space. I'm aware that there are so many youth theatres up and down the country who don't have an actual theatre to mm. play with themselves. That's yeah, quite exactly. a rare opportunity. Um, what? Um, so you you act, you direct? I do. I act, I direct, I devise. That's my form of writing. I guess that's what I bring to this table. And it's not always with young people? It's, and it's not always with young people. It's with people of all different ages and age groups. Yeah. Uh, and you were speaking before we were recording you were speaking that you also your one of your passions is clowning that is correct yeah what's that about not the scary clowns not the one that chases people around I don't even know what they chase them around with we, we all float down here <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's theatrical clowning is a way of describing it which doesn't yeah. necessarily help either uh, I do I've trained with a company called Nose to Nose which is an internationally 
based. And they come from a French background from a company called the Bataclun. And it's uh, the work of Carl Rogers and positive psychology. And it's all about uh, positive regard for the other person. And it's a gentle, much, much gentler form than if you know of Lecoq. It's, yeah. You don't just walk on and people go, no, get off. And you're meant to work out what you did right or wrong. So it's all about uh, gentle self-discovery and uh, interacting with one another in the audience through improvisation. It's all improvisation. So this idea of, of positive regard for the other person, I assume the, the other performer on stage. The other performers, the audience, yeah. So that, does that in a And w- yourself. Indeed. <laughs> does that in any way sort of influence your performance in other aspects, the uh, way that you act in... Yeah, absolutely. I think that very much informs how I teach and also how I yeah. act on stage, I hope. Fantastic. <laughs> I aim towards that anyway. Okay, so um, that all sounds very like noble and profound <laughs> and fantastic and world-changing. It's clowning, Andrew. It's, but but, but, but <laughs> it, it sounds very... It has, sounds like it's got import, which is probably why the two of our guests here look so pale and afraid <laughs> as I move on to them to ask, um, hey. what, 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 the, what the hell have you been doing with your life? And so... Um, <laughs> So, so Heather, uh, are, are you an are you an actor or a performer or both? Because I sometimes we can argue that the two things are different. Uh, I would probably say performer. Yeah. Because I think I come from a dance background. Okay. Um, and so I'm very into sort of physical theatre and the movement. Um, I would love to explore clowning, like yeah. Sarah. It'd be Sarah's great. Done. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say I'm a performer. Yeah, but not necessarily an actor. But you have done some very good acting. I mean, I've seen you on stage, and I've directed you, uh, and you've been a very uh, strong actor. Um, is it? Is it more? Is it for you? As you've sort of indicated, is it more about the physicality? It's about the presence on stage. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's only recently that I've discovered that I love um, uh, physicality and yeah. sort of um, it, it's yeah, it's about the physicality and the movement. But it's taken a while to get to. The, that place yeah um before i've studied um shakespeare and did a master's in shakespeare so did kind of a lot of um classical theater yeah um and and i've got i don't know wide background a variety of different type of things like i love scripted work yes but i've always been a fan of devised theater i love that i love exploring that um so i suppose within the last year actually when i did christmas carol with sarah when sarah davis uh, um, directed the Christmas Carol um, that really helped me realise that I could incorporate movement into the character and that's how I've suddenly discovered my love for physical theatre because that's where you first that's how you first met Sarah yes yeah. so let's, let's bring Sarah back in for a second so um, this was a production of Chris, Christmas Carol which you'd adapted yeah was that was that terrifying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, um, I could uh, be an Olympic procrastinator. I mm-hmm. certainly could represent the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I waited most of the summer, and then one rainy <laughs> weekend, locked myself in my old tin van on a field, and it rained, so it forced me to do it. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, it. Was actually not that hard. The hard bit was sitting down to do it, as I find about everything, really. Um, yeah. And then these guys we did an open workshop kind of thing to see who could, who was good at playing around together and uh, listening and being present. And these wonderful people became part of that crew. And at the end of it, as ever, you go, "Oh, I love you, I love you, isn't it great? Let's all work together. Oh, I love you, let's work together." And I think that's where <laughs> I went. Wow, do you fancy being in? I've always wanted to do a female sketch show, a comedy group. Do you want to come and work with me on that? And uh, 
these four, well, Judy and Heather and Amy and Lisa were all in Christmas Carol. Yeah. And I said, and I've got this other gorgeous friend, Sarah Charlesley, who's very funny, and I'd want her to be there too. And everybody just kind of sat, said yes. So then we went for coffee and laughed around lots of names and silliness about what we might do. And that was all. So I was probably gone ahead in the questioning there. But. <laughs> no, that's, fu- that's fine. That's kind of what I asked. And I, and I will chat to you later about um, how it all came together, particularly, and also the uh, the naming of the group as well. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to stop for a moment in terms of the adapting of Dickens, the adapting mm. of um, uh, The Christmas Cow, because it's... It's not an easy book to adapt. Uh, I, I, I remember rocking up to see the play. I was fascinated to see what you would do with it because quite uniquely within um, stories, it's the same joke repeated four times. Mm. It's him going time travelling to a point of his time and learning that he's a bad man or at least a selfish man. And I was really impressed uh, about how you did use visuals, how you did use movement, how you did use music. It was, I think, the only adaptation of Dickens that I of Christmas Cow that I've seen that talks about and gives us a moment of the ghost and Scrooge sailing over the North Sea and, and seeing the ships and the lighthouse. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I think that's the only time that I've seen that. And I remember being really impressed just by that, even though it was a, a relatively small moment in the text. Was there stuff that yeah. you had to um, get rid of that you didn't want to get rid of? Or I can't remember now, but I remember right. that bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and that came from clowning. Yeah. Um, the joy of my, my kind teacher saying, just name what it is. Just say what it is. Yeah. So Heather had this great line, didn't you? Do you remember? I do remember being particularly annoyed by that particular line, actually, because about um, a couple of years ago, I'd written a, a, a play for kids that were pirates, and, and one of the characters is an angry parrot called Pavlov, and he spends all his time being annoyed because he thought he was going to get cast as a pirate, and he wasn't. And then later on in the play, he gets turned into a lighthouse with a, with a light on his head, and he gets particularly annoyed by that. And uh, I remember being particularly annoyed by that because, um, oh, we have had similar ideas at different times in our lives, and more people have seen your joke than have seen mine. Aww. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I was upset. Hello, Judy. Hello. Um, so um, you, you've had lots of time to prep now. Yeah. Um, same question. Same question for you. Um, because you, you're a writer, actor, um, director. I go by all kinds of names. Yeah. I uh, don't really know, to Philip. be honest. <laughs> Philip, for one. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, I'm, I'm floundering. I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm a okay, white so plastic bag floating in the breeze. Oh, so you can uh, make obscure references to um, <laughs> mid-90s cinema. Yep. Um, well, let's, uh, let's start from the most recent first, then, I guess, or in fact so recent it hasn't happened yet. You're directing in The Fringe. I am. I am directing in The Fringe. Um, I've come back to join up with a wonderful writer and producer, uh, Katie Matthews, and together last year we had our kind of debut year of The Fringe, yeah. and we together form Artlandish Productions. So the, your base, really, um, foreseeable, is uh, Riato Theatre. It seems to be. It yeah, seems to which be. in the middle got, of Brighton. Yeah, we've got some lovely friends there. Um, it's a you know fantastic central location, um, and it's yeah offers a really lovely chance for a large auditorium, great stage space. Yeah, uh, you can hire it for other events. Uh, good, KD, good. KD. That, that was subtle. That was, that was lovely. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's kind of at a very reasonable price, and there's a bar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's becoming a, a base now, obviously sure. depending on what Art Landish go on to do. And uh, so, what have they done? Like, so your last year it was a play called Untitled. It was. 
not to confuse people, but no. it, it deserved its name of Untitled. Um, it was about art and the nature of art as well, and projects kind of philosophically relating to your life, existential crisis, being Untitled in your yeah. own sense, not just the artwork. Um, yeah, so that was um, really absolutely amazing fun. That was my first year of The Fringe. Uh, and it, it had really, really lovely reviews, really great response. So yeah. that's why we're so keen to come back for another year. And so uh, this year's play is called... It's called Stones. Good. And, uh, <laughs> Can't give you much more than so that. So is it, is it the, the life story of Mick Jagger or is it something else? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, it's actually uh, based on a Lord Byron piece. Um, I, I can't pronounce it very well. It's the Prisoner of... Uh, Shillong? Oh, yes, I was just reading about that today for no good reason. Uh, but no, I couldn't pronounce it either. Yeah, so that one, um, basically. Uh, and Katie's done a wonderful job of adapting it, adding in another character or two. Um, and it's quite a lovely, poignant discussion on uh, mental health as much as anything else. Yeah. Um, it's all set in one prison cell um, with no strict historical setting, but um, kind of of the time of the, of the poem, the original piece, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's it, very probing. I think it forces you to do some probing if it's set in one room. And... And you're, you're a writer yourself. So how is it to uh, direct somebody else's work, particularly when you know that you're going to bump into them at some point in the future? It's absolutely terrifying, Andrew. Um, the risk of cocking up um, is, <laughs> is imminent at every rehearsal. Um, but hang on, hang on, because <laughs> I, 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 I often direct people's work who I know, and I occasionally direct my own work as well. And the one th- mantra that I have is that, um, which might be somewhat controversial, is that the writer is dead. Uh, that uh, once you get your hands on that script, you know, within certain levels of boundaries of respect to the writer, it, it's your script. Uh, are, you, are you more respectful than I am? <laughs> I think respectful is a loaded word here and, and you're in a slapping range I don't want you to hit me um, but I, I wouldn't say the writer's dead I haven't quite got to that point of adopting that mantra yet yeah. um, Katie is very much a part of the rehearsal process she's not only with her connections with the Rialto but she enjoys coming to the rehearsals and seeing what's going on because she's also producing the piece sure. so it's very difficult to let go of you know too much and, and taking free reign because also she knows so much more about the source material yeah. because of her interest in that um, period, in the in the issues that it raises. And so it would be foolish of me, I think, to actually try and kill off the writer in yeah, a yeah. sense when she's such a wealth of knowledge. Um, and there. And there. Physically there, well, yeah. Exactly. That would be very awkward if I said, right, this is rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you are yourself a writer. Um, well, you keep saying it. It hasn't yet made it true, but uh, I try. Well, you, I well you, you have literally written scripts this has happened so you are more of a writer than somebody who says i'm going to finish that script one day we're we're speaking about procrastination earlier i mean that's what you say you were saying earlier that 90 percent of the battle is actually not procrastinating it is there we go (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's good it's good um and so you're 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 not going to agree with that assessment of yourself as a writer. I'm going to say again. So you're a writer. She's a writer. <laughs> um, I have written a few things. I've written a few short plays for uh, the wonderful Cast Iron, based at uh, the Jukebox Theatre. Yeah. Um, I've written some longer things that have yet to really come out of the woodwork. Um, well, let's talk about one particular piece of uh, wood. You <laughs> 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 oh, you're you're working or you have been working on a, a musical of all things. I have. I have, um, which, 
you'd think that would be a terrifying enough prospect to, to make me stop, but no, no, I, I love a challenge. Um, yes, I've been working on a Jane Austen parody musical. What's it called? Does it have a name yet? Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's working between two titles, um, both of which I should say take with a, a pinch of salt, because right. it's a fairly outrageous and, and bawdy comedy. Um, yep. Would you like me to name them? <laughs> what are they called, Judy? <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yeah. Um, so, of course, you have the more poster-friendly, in case a kitty sees it, mm. match and matrimony. Yes, we um, like that. Of course. So, uh, And then the other one, of course, uh, which, well, you have to have a little bit of um, crazy rudeness in your title if yep. you're going to have a crazy rude play otherwise it's false advertising uh, so that would be a uh, cunt and countryside <laughs> okay so <laughs> and, uh, i feel like you asked for that so <laughs> no, no 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 it's lovely it's certainly gonna give uh michelle a bit more work to do when we're editing later on it's a um, beep and countryside yeah yeah we're, we're literally just checking the timestamp on that Hamlet, didn't you? yeah <laughs> country matters oh there well, we there you go. Yeah, lay my head <laughs> on your mat lap, madam. So, um, so yeah, indeed, it's not a swear word. It's it's literature. It's literature, yeah. exactly. Literally literature, and so uh, that's kind of um, a potted history of what uh, three of you have sort of brought uh, to the table. Um, Sarah, you were speaking before about had you, uh, you meeting these guys on the set of um christmas cow mm-hmm. is that literally where you'd met them yeah i think so uh oh no I, I yes worked, uh, judy uh, came I'm to judy. my house uh, and directed I, me yes there oh, was okay. this very scary 22 year old who seemed to know exactly what she was doing and really bossy and totally unafraid Aww. it is terrifying and, isn't it? Uh, what's really terrifying is her memory but Ooh. when you work together with her, it's really useful as well. So partway through Christmas Carol, I just go, Judy, yeah, made some SpongeBob <laughs> memory pants over there, which was perfect. I think it's Sponge uh, Brain, but uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take the <laughs> pants. Thanks very much. So that's great, although presumably not the sort of person you ever want to have an argument with because she'll no, know where you made I quite like arguing with her as well. <laughs> we keep us mentally uh, exercised. Yeah. I think. We keep Pencil our sharp. Yeah. Sharp. Keep your sharps. Keep your intellect sharp. Well, that's a completely different matter. And um, so, Heather. Um, <laughs> no, it's all right. Hello. Um, I just like to listen. No, it's good. So, you, you hadn't met these guys before Christmas Cow? You just rocked nope. up to an audition? Yep. Um, yep. So, had you not been acting before? Uh, I, I, yeah, when I was younger for quite some time, and then I studied um, at university, and that was drama. Yeah. But then I decided to have a break from about the age of twenty-two, and then I think it was it was twenty-four. I don't know when Christmas Carol was. A um, of years ago. Yeah, about twenty-four. Yeah. Um, and my boyfriend uh, had seen me. I've been going to see a lot of shows, and I am. Um, Recently, when I was watching the shows, I would twitch in the audience because I was so... I just wanted to get up and be on stage. Yeah. And, um, and he knew my background of acting and he said, all right, there's an audition at the MVT because he clocked that I'd been looking it up online. Yeah. Um, and he just said, you've got to go. You've got to do it. And I did. And I turned up and, uh, yeah, did a workshop and it was really good fun. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to be petrified and I was slightly... <laughs> But then, um, yeah, you were Sarah was really sort of easygoing, got everyone sort of really relaxed, and you did a lot of um, we just did a lot of games. Yeah, and there was a variety of ages, which was brilliant, and everyone was just really comfortable, and yeah, it was lovely. And Heather was beautiful; like her physicality was just so obviously gorgeous. You definitely wanted her in the show from that moment on. <laughs> Go red. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, we we don't have a live video feed to the podcast, so you know, settle down. So as you alluded to earlier, Sarah, once um, Christmas Carol was done, you kind of wanted to keep these guys together in a in a comedy group, in a sketch group. Mm. Well, they were just such a hugely talented bunch of people to work with and really pleasant. And I think sometimes things just happen at a time. You might try things that, as you know yourself, at all points in your life. But I think it was we were just lucky. The wind was following. I'd been asked by Sarah Johnson to do something for International Women's Day. We were all loved up at the end of a successful show. And yeah. we'd done quite, as you alluded to earlier, challenging and interesting things with that show. And didn't mention that it also included young people and an awful lot of singing and all. <laughs> All sorts yeah. of things we hadn't anticipated and so it was a kind of lots of it was devised so we already knew that we could work together and we were solid and I think we all took a great deal of pleasure out of that and we all brought different skills to the table and so it just seemed obvious and they were drunk and they said yes fantastic um, and sketch show I just had I've, I've always found women funny and I found them funny and was like well do you want to come try this so that's a really interesting because um, sketch comedy, I have a, a, a reasonably not fixed opinion about sketch comedy, but it terrifies me. I, I've, I've had some experience in writing sketches. I wrote a sketch um, show or I was involved in writing a sketch show for The Fringe a few years back. And it might be the most difficult piece of writing that I've ever done because uh, it's not a sketch isn't just a three minute play that happens to be funny. At least in my humble opinion. Um, how, how do you guys, or you, how do you find writing sketches? I've no idea what one is, really. Yeah. I think <laughs> well, sketch confuses me a bit because sketch to me implies um, more of the collection, I guess. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to hearing sketch with the word comedy, but to me, you get yeah. scenes, you get skits, and then you get. You know that to, to me, I I see it as scenes and skits. We've got so you get like a list, moment, yeah. yeah, a moment <laughs> of like a gag that you might have a walk on, walk off, sure, and then you've got a scene, which I guess would be a sketch. And I think ours just came from a different place. You know, it was like, okay, what would we want to do? Well. Don't know. We want to do something about women and being women and he- having women's voices out there and the funny that- things about being women. And so it didn't come from a point of view of we're going to write a sketch. It was we're going to represent ourselves and we're going to mock some of the things that we feel need a light hanging up at them and uh, yeah. and make some quite serious points, but using comedy. As you said, the uh, Sarah Johnson, the jukebox had uh, invited you to create something for International Women's Day. So that obviously influences a bit of the form of your structure being about speaking about women, women's place, uh, women's voices. Would you have got to that place anyway, even if you hadn't been creating a show for International Women's Day? For me, it was something I'd always wanted to do. Yeah. And so it was, it just, like I say, good wind, you know, it provided the opportunity. The planets were aligned, however you want to see it. You yeah. know, I'd always fancied this idea of, because I find women so funny representing themselves so that was it really it was a gift that was my point of view and heavy are you um how do you find writing or creating sketches um is it as terrifying as i find it or um i think uh that recently we've sort of well we've always played around with devising yeah um so for me it's i think you can come up with an idea like i i remember i sat at work and somebody next to me just suddenly got up and started jumping up and down and I asked her why, and she said it's because she was wearing a Fitbit and it was buzzing, which meant she had to move. And for some reason, <laughs> that, that kind of triggers something. It makes you go, oh, that could be a really good sketch. Yeah. 
but I'm not someone I can just write down and write yes. a, um, a sketch on paper or anything. I'm, that's not how I work. So I think as a group, we just sat down together. I said, we should do something about Fitbit. And then we played for the idea mm. and we just sat and I think Judy was typing right. it up. Yeah. But yeah. we managed to create a scene in about five minutes. And I think, mm-hmm. sorry, we've got three people, I think, in the group who are absolute writers. That'd be Judy, Sarah and Amy. Yeah. I think I bridge. And uh, <laughs> the other three, <laughs> I included myself in that, are more devisers. So okay. it's a really nice combination and that sort of feeds into everything we do. And we also edit in that way as well as collective absolutely and i think there's also a sense there's um, a lovely phrase which will deserve some explaining uh called explosion in a clown factory and uh this is from um one of the writers behind newsjack the uh, radio um sketch show and they caution against if the thing that has inspired you is in of itself funny already there's not much you can do with a sketch mm. so there's i think that as well when you're when you're confronted by a woman jumping up and down because she is has to be faithful to her fitbit then it must be quite difficult to go no no it's more than you had to be there you have to sort of create it into something that's very unique to the fantasticals no yeah (laughs) yes andrew yes well that's why we 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 were careful of where we placed we decided to place it at the end of a funeral just to add to the sort of ridiculousness of it uh, also, we discuss, um, you know, where. Um... <laughs> I was going to say we should probably say that the scene is set at the end of a funeral, not that we tagged along to the end of a funeral and did and this sketch because you're like, oh, it's, it's, it's at the end of a funeral. So it's kind of it's like dark, what he would have so wanted. It's yeah. inappropriate. So I'm doing the finger thing because all I could think about was it was like the red shoes. It's putting oh, something on, and then yeah, yeah. it gets, you know, it's something that's brilliant. You're going to do it for the exercise, or sure. but then it gets a bit grotesque and ridiculous, and that's why I think. So that's a really good idea of taking something that's arguably quite banal and then stretching it into the most yeah. ridiculous aspect, uh, which kind of uh, inspires me to ask, well, ask you what your inspirations are. Uh, if indeed um, you, if there is anything you would DNA about people that you've uh, watched or sketch shows or comedians or indeed that awful word comedians that you've enjoyed in your history is... Are any of those in the fantasticals DNA? I'm guessing you're very unique in your own skin, but I, I personally uh, quite like drawing some kind of uh, reference from like uh, Victoria Wood, yeah, uh, the Tracy Ullman show, yes, Flight of the Concords for our musical mm, numbers. Yes, yeah. they, to me, they're the three that stick out in terms What's of. What's those? Sorry, those ones that Lisa likes. They're good. Oh, they're funny. Fisky and Manish. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, kind of. Yeah, the ridiculous, uh, the performative, kind of uh, overdoing the performative, but also just that tongue-in-cheek satire, I think, and, yeah. and parody as well. And words, like words, playing wordplay. Um, I've always loved all the ridiculous... Oh, as a teenager, I used to collect words for the female genitalia. Yes. And my favourite one was Bearded Clam. And Wonderful. they always made me laugh. <laughs> and also the gum sketch has been waiting to come out since I was 15 as well, when yes. I was, like, the child that knew everything about... Um, STIs yeah. um, because I would collect the leaflets from the doctor's waiting room and come to school and be like the you'd mo- collect the leaflets yeah. and STIs and then I'd, then it's not I'd, exactly Pokemon is it no I didn't and you don't want to catch them all <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, yeah that was it and I just yes, like Heather, you are a writer you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, 
So, um, you're called Fantasticals. Yeah. That's also a question. You're called Fantasticals. How many names did you um, have in the collection? Like that many. Yeah, a, a, list, oh, a, a list of a, probably about... 10 maybe maybe more 12 that was a great <laughs> great it conversation was, we had, yeah, it, was it was a ridiculous task coming up with those and actually i think we came to funny tasks quite early on and then disregarded Beef it Curtains and then, and then is our shared group name we have quite a few yeah so uh, <laughs> is it now yes yeah. <laughs> and you get so used to do this we've been together for a year course. now and you'll just be chatting and going all right so you've got the fannies or the fannies are coming around and yeah well it's on beef curtains and it's really <laughs> it can be sometimes quite serious like so, conversations yeah, the, the that these things post. become normal yeah i remember one of my favorite sketch groups from a few <laughs> years back um was uh, called lady garden before mm. just before anybody actually knew what that was uh and they were a great sketch group um there was also a, a sketch group uh well, still is um a two-parter I haven't heard that one. I mean, I know that from Cunny. Um, yeah. Cunny yeah. <laughs> and, and this administrator in the fringe is a gift. She's called Fanny something. So uh, she always writes, Dear Fanny, it's love from Fantastic. Fanny. There we go. There's definitely a, a two-hander sketch group called Beard, which I quite like for mm. an all-female sketch group. There's also a, a sketch group um, called Next Best Thing, which I adore as a name for a female sketch group because um, obviously there's a promise that you know you haven't heard of them yet but come along mm. because they might be the best, best thing or it just imagines that conversation perhaps between a couple of fringe administrators that go oh have you got a funny all male sketch group no but we have got the next best thing I think it's got <laughs> such a clever That's name brilliant. for a group um, we so- did a vote didn't we yeah. I seem to remember there was a vote in the, ca- the coffee shops was yeah. anybody voted out <laughs> no, just on the names. I really like that local group, um, Commedia group, the Rude Meta- Mechanicals. Yes. They're known as the Rudes. Yeah. And something about fantastical and fanny tastical. Just the fact yeah. you put a fanny in a yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we're going to see yeah. what the that was tonight. Cool. I, think yeah. that's, I like that. That's cool. Fantastic. Um, fanny tastical. Fanny tastical. So um, we sort of began to speak about this, but we we, we got distracted, I think, uh, in terms of how you write. And you've already sort of spoken about the fact that, largely speaking, vaguely speaking, three of you are writers, three of you are more devisers. Um, And certainly with other sketch groups in history, there have been sort of people pair off and they'll do the more wordy wordplay type sketch and they'll come in or somebody will come in and do um, create and prep the more visual um, sketches. Do you feel the three we have here, do you feel that you've got a particular place where you're more comfortable with that that's, oh, I I can do a sketch like this or I can do a a piece like this? I'd say I see trends in the writing in that sense. Yeah. yeah, I think we will. We all kind of consider Amy the the loller as she. Um, <laughs> yeah, we check lollipops. Yeah, it? we've got to check that Amy with it. It's not yeah. a loller. It's it the lol factor, um, which is a, you know I hate the word lol, but it, it's become one of those things. So let me understand. So what are we saying that if Amy doesn't laugh at the sketch, <laughs> it ain't going in? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good reference, but it's not. Not necessarily the rule. No. no, but as in the material she comes out with has got, you know, an edge of the outrageous. And yeah. I see. It will be that kind of fast-paced, um, ridiculous. It will have the lol factor. Whereas yeah. obviously we want to balance it with some more 
well, not necessarily poignant, but with some other textures as well. So, you know, that's one that she is particularly strong at. Yeah. And I'd say we've been developed, it's in development, you know, it's growing. Yeah. And it's, as anybody knows, you try get six people to create something together without a director, without a leader. Yeah. That's been something along that's developed as we've gone along as well. You know, the roles have shifted and are starting to settle and change. And I think there's a lot of variety in what we bring. I mean, we span different quite different ages and experiences yeah. as well, which is lovely. I think that's one of our good qualities. <laughs> so we can get quite confused, I think, about what a sketch is. Uh, I've spoken before about uh, almost not quite understanding what a, ske- a sketch is, in, in, even when I've been writing them. Um, whether or not it's just a short three-minute play, uh, or if it's something other than that. Uh, Sarah, you were speaking about not even being entirely convinced that what you're doing with the Fantasticals is sketch comedy. Mm, yeah, I don't, I haven't, I don't really know if I know what a sketch is. No, I think we came at it in a different way. We just made a big list of things that made us laugh or topics we wanted to talk about and that's really how it started to grow and then we're finding we found a a structure the running order that took flipping ages of (laughs) how to make how to sew it all together and agreed early on that we'd keep these everybody has to do a monologue yeah and that they should ideally be fresh and new each time and don't run longer than two minutes (laughs) i can see faces looks around (laughs) the table um Yes, yeah, so I don't know if we write sketches or not. And and you were saying about, you know, uh, looking at stuff that you find funny and things that you want to talk about, mm. which can be two different things. And you were talking about um, giving women a voice. How useful is anger in what you write about, you know, feeling that you've been silenced on a subject before, that you haven't been able to talk about this subject? How useful is it almost, not to have a soapbox, I think that's the wrong phrase, but... We're all looking at each other with it's pulling really faces. It's a really interesting question because until really you said it, anger. I was like, my God, anger has never come into this. I don't think any of what we do is a rant in any way. Yeah. So that's a really bizarre concept for me. So, I, yeah, I yeah. pulled a very puzzled face yeah, at Sarah we, and she pulled a puzzled <laughs> face back. And Yeah, I don't think any of it comes from kind of being militant or you yeah. know, thinking, God, I've got to have a say about this. It kind of comes from, you know how ridiculous that is? Yes. We've got to share it. We've Hold got to that up, have a yeah, look. Especially, yeah. you know, Look even the ideas about some women might get very angry about, for example, being wolf whistled at. Well, we took a very, you know, that concept and kind of said, how how stupid is it? How bizarre yeah. is it when that happens? How many different angles can we get? Not being this? annoyed by it. Well, yeah, exactly. So it's not No, about, I mean... You're not saying it's stupid to get annoyed by it. You're saying oh, yeah, so, yeah, like the whistling so itself. Silly. But, you know, I think the sketch that we looked at, or the scene, who knows what a sketch <laughs> is, um, but where we talk about kind of the idea of being wolf whistled at as you're walking down the street, it has so many different layers, and I don't think any of them were fueled by the fact that we needed to, you know, uh, kind of even have a go at it. We just wanted to hold it up for reflection and go, who else... Who else has comments on this? So it really is that sort of sense of comedy in terms of there's going to be a percentage in the audience who recognise themselves in that, that they can can relate to that. Yeah, definitely. But I think also um, we realise that even ourselves as women, how we've changed over time, and actually we do sort of some women wolf whistle as well, and we also do innuendos and things like that. Um, So that's quite interesting. I think, in, yeah, in terms of either the people involved, uh, as we are as the people involved, or the characters that we then go and adopt, I think we show a really lovely range of womankind, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If you do want kids, you don't want kids. If you're, you know, 
you know, in your thirties, in your forties, in your twenties. Sketch about teenagers. You're straight. Single. If you're not. Everyone kind of gets represented, and none of them get um, any kind of prejudice against them. There's no strong angle against them. It's kind of look at this. What do you think? Okay, no judgment. It's genuinely an inclusive comedy. Uh, I I was speaking earlier about um, sketches. With Cast Iron Theatre, when we ask for short plays, uh, we um, we sometimes get plays that are more accurately described as fairly long sketches, they're ten minute sketches, and it took me a while to define what I thought I meant by that. And I don't think this is necessarily the right answer, but that sketches tend to be led by the gag, and plays, short plays, tend to be led by the character. But I think that's up for argument and debate. Do, do you find your sketches are led by one or the other, or it depends on what the gag is? There's so many where it's both. Yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's ideally both, yeah. isn't it? Ideally. I think it started with a more gag-based. Yeah. And then we started thinking about them, bringing more characterization yeah. into our sketches and thinking, who are we actually in that yeah. sketch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got especially the more that we've gone on and done more shows over the last year we found that certain scenes or certain setups with characters will get repeated for example two or three times and in those for example we have two lovely ladies as characters called jennifer and rachel they've come back as recurring characters and although the format is the same i guess deliberately so you know the gag is either what they're talking about and the way it's done but also the fact the characters are so pivotal to, to how that sketch works think if of, it's a sketch yeah mm-hmm. think of successful TV comedies yeah. and shows where they have the same character repeated in different settings mm. I think that's something that's definitely developing so there's there, was that a, a deliberate joke in itself in that the uh, Jennifer and Rachel that those names are related in terms of Rachel oh. being played by Jennifer Aniston I don't oh, think no. so no. who wrote it was it you or Amy that wrote Jennifer and Rachel that was me no I no. just no. Oh, I no, never yeah. put really much thought into my character's names so I just whatever so that, the, <laughs> so <laughs> tell them that it's all perfect so but it works out really well. Absolutely. But there's a, 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 a poor quote for your next poster. I don't give much thought about my characters. Hello, Sarah Charles. Hello. Names, names. The, the great thing about um, poor quotes is you can edit to, to serve a purpose. So hello, Sarah Charlesley, who's just joined us. Hello. Hello. Um, we didn't think we'd get you, but when we did. Um, it was my sat-nav got me lost. There's probably a sketch there as well, or at least a play. Um, And so, um, hello, Sarah. Um, What I asked the other guys before you got here was the very terrifying question What are you, or who are you? So, um, what brings you to this particular table, apart from a malfunctioning sat nav? Um, Great group of friends, and a friend who was, yeah, who asked me to join this group as having a background in performance and writing and my latest venture, uh, which is stand-up comedy. How long have you been doing stand-up? I've been doing it for just over a year now. Yeah. Uh, so w- what suddenly got you into stand-up? What was the um, way in for that? Well, I realised that things that I was writing, like whether it was short plays, um articles whatever I always try to bring a lot of humor into them yeah and whatever uh, performances I was doing I'd always try and go for a comedic character yeah and so I kind of put the two together and thought oh I like writing about comedy I like performing comedy so 
Let's have a go at stand-up. So here's the thing then, in terms of what you're finding funny or what you want to talk about, and I guess this is a question for all of you guys, but the question in terms of are you right, did you, were you writing something, then you realise that's not essentially a monologue, that's not necessarily a sketch, that deserves another medium. Does sometimes an idea work in one medium more than it works in another? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, definitely. And we found as well in terms of, especially for the very first show that we did, um, we had a handful of kind of parody songs stuffed in there, but they tended to be the kind of outrageous, no one knows how to give them a voice, yeah. no one knows how to speak about them. It's unspoken women's issues became kind of the theme of, of the song choices. And it's because it's so much more digestible. It's not so in your face. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable because it's so silly and it's a song you all know. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely certain topics that I think we steer to, to other formats in particular. Mm. We haven't spoken about the um, the parody songs or indeed any of the musical elements of the sketch. And it's, that's a quite a, a major element of a fantastical show. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> that. Let's, <laughs> let's talk let's, about that. Let's. <laughs> well, it's Judy. Yeah. She's the main parody I should go again. Well, it was great to discover that Judy could play the ukulele and that Le- Lisa could the guitarist. Play- yeah. yeah, that yeah. was a nice hidden gem that we yeah. discovered, which was great. Because obviously that didn't come into Christmas Carol, and then it was afterwards, no. it was Happy Coming. No, but we knew you could sing. We, uh, we oh, Christmas yeah, Carol singing. challenged us all for, from a singing point of view, and mm. we knew Amy loved singing, and we, yeah, we knew we had that, but we didn't know about the instruments, did we? And you've been doing some parody singing for a while anyway. Yeah, I started it probably a year before, yeah, about a year before, um, no, two years probably before Christmas Carol. Sure. Um, just on my own, on Facebook, I thought, oh, that'd be funny, I don't mind making a tit of myself, I'll put a video up of this, you know, parody. Um, <laughs> and um, I really enjoy it, writing it for my own, you know, just for my own amusement, basically, and sharing it, and yeah. if it gets a great response, that's... Brilliant. We yeah. should also add Judy's a polymath and she's actually <laughs> dead. She's a vampire. She doesn't sleep. <laughs> so if she's got a day now. off, she'll just write a song, it's do it, make it a is... costume, do a drawing and do a quick play. <laughs> but it, that, that, that is, may all be true, but it also deserves unpacking that you're all six of you are terrifyingly talented and busy and doing about four oh, or five other different projects. I should acknowledge that the uh, first time I saw you about a year ago... Uh, that we can't thought, organise a diary. Well, <laughs> Just would like just us to talk about l- that soon. Like, like, like many geniuses. Um, but, but I saw you for the International Women's Day event uh, last year. And I, I, I'm friends with you all. I, I know you all. So there was, I don't know... Not to make a woman's show all about me, but there was, um, I felt a bit of pressure going, oh, I hope this is good, because I, I, do, I, I, I see a lot of sketch comedy, uh, I've spoken about how mildly obsessed I am with it, I see a lot of sketch comedy, and a good percentage of sketch comedy is challenges the audience, but not in that good way, and I was really pleased that on your on your first show out of the gate, the first show you did was really strong, really funny, one of the best, strongest um, sketch shows I've seen, and that, that is indicative of how 
genuinely terrifyingly talented all of you are. Um, we just need that in writing, Andrew. Uh, yeah. uh, that can be a review if you're, if you're doing one this year. Yeah, that'd be lovely. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm allowed to review for people that I know. Yeah. Um, so. Scott Roberts once alone played at his funeral, which I just think is lovely. Oh, that's one of our songs, not the, uh, Song about, not uh, the heart classic from the 80s. Female True. masturbation. Played um, at his funeral. <laughs> okay, good. So, um, <laughs> On on the um, point of masturbation, um, we with a, with a mild break in uh, recording this uh, podcast, uh, as and we we. Uh, <laughs> what did you do? God, it's like a Billy Connolly <laughs> session, isn't it? Will it all come back together? So, however, in that break, you were speaking about how you, I, I got the impression because I was out of the room. So whatever you guys were doing, I don't know. But um, you were speaking about how conversations with each other as uh, part of the fantasticals allowed you to have conversations um, as women or indeed just as humans that you didn't feel, I don't know what the correct word is, you had permission to speak about before, that you felt comfortable speaking about before. What, what was that about? It's definitely been some boundaries broken yeah. down, yeah. Um, which is really bizarre. I think, I don't know if anyone else agrees, but I feel like I've kind of changed in terms of being a bit more outgoing and yeah. and not so shy about it. That being said, I still wouldn't walk up to a stranger and, you know, use the word clunge, but, you know, in in, in this group of people, <laughs> it's such a... Yeah, sing a song about it. In this group and find people, a rhyme for it. It becomes, well, it, that, that's very topical. Um, yeah, just, I think, in this group of people, we've just become so comfortable and... Um, it's just changed too comfortable maybe it's just changed the way you view in terms of content as sure. well it breaks new new areas it, for you it's also a great uh, great way of learning about things that I don't know about <laughs> certain things yeah. education it's an education experience definitely an education <laughs> that I tend to bring into my monologues yeah. about yeah, certain things I didn't know of until recently or, so is it, is it about shyness uh, being less shy or is it about not apologising anymore going this is yeah. this is what we're stating and there's no need to qualify there's no need to apologise for it, it yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah it's just a great environment that we feel relaxed and able to open up to each other which I think sometimes I've never felt I could do I don't yeah. know why even with friends really close friends I felt I haven't been able to talk about my vagina yeah and that's great because now I feel Your I ooh. can my my ood I, uh, describe <laughs> my vagina as an ood <laughs> yeah, we could Don't introduce each other oh god <laughs> I guess it's, it's so so far it's... we've had a reasonably good hit rate on our podcast of making an obscure Doctor Who reference oh. in every single episode so you know Thanks for today's Doctor Who reference. What's great is that some of us really celebrate um, like vaginas. Yes. And, I, and I expressed that I'd never really thought about it that way. And actually... As a vagina. <laughs> yeah, as a vagina. And I, I don't know. I'd always been a little bit more... Yeah, no, you and I are definitely in the to, same boat. To yeah, bring definitely. it back to not all... It's not yes. all about vaginas. No, it's not. No, and it's just... and funny, testicle. It's about the fantasticness of being a woman yeah, and exactly. giving each other permission that you know there's no shame we can share we can get quite deep and quite honest and quite open with each other and that comedy is a wonderful vehicle to make some you mentioned poignancy earlier some poignant comments you know about this experience of being alive and gendered this way and that energy really comes across on, on the stage. I've been at co- comedy nights where, quite genuinely, the the MC. Uh, I'm sure you don't do this at your nights, Sarah, uh, but uh, Sarah Charlesley. But um, I've been at some comedy nights when the MC, the compare, has generally gone, and the next act 
is a woman. And you can feel the room, even in a lovely liberal place like Brighton, you can feel the room clench because they've now been primed to go, oh, we're going to have to endure this, are we? Whereas I think certainly on the times I've seen the Fantasticals, there's been a real buzz in the room, a real energy and love in the room where everyone's quite excited to see what's going on. And it's always been a, a really comfortable, warm, funny hour. Um, I don't, I'm guessing there's not, you don't necessarily do much work on prepping that. It's just the energy of your friendship. How dare you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all the Christmas Carol, all those yeah, workshops, all those hours of training. Well, it's, probably, it's probably because it doesn't feel like work. I think the hours yeah. you put into building a rapport, having a friendship, knowing how you can work together is probably what it is. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily feel like work. And but loving performing. Yeah, we all love performing. Yeah. We yeah, love surfing on an audience. Yeah, you know? But we rehearse a lot. But I also think that brings a certain freshness to it every night, every time you're performing. Is it's not I don't think it should be completely perfected. Oh yeah, and you never um, do the same same show. Um, shame the show. You never do the same not. show twice really. Um even if you know, some of the material may be used again. Um, you know, you, you find that the delivery, the audience, you work so with any performance I guess you really has to be fresh on the night it does change naturally yeah. in the course of the evening from all and, those factors and going back to so i'm just thinking about the the man female comedy oh thing. yeah yeah I, oh stop. gosh a woman is she funny um we've been in a certain direction up to now uh, who knows what's going to continue to happen yeah. you know we, it's i one of our a piece i think we all loved was uh, the piece that you and lisa wrote about uh trump and oh yeah yeah you know, there's plenty to comment on all the time in in the world that we live in so it's keeping it fresh in that way as well and trying to find um Someone what, help what am i saying um, yeah <laughs> one day judy one day. judy Look bless her's done three songs so. about three striking and they never get in don't Sorry. ask about what, what <laughs> don't mention the southern yes yeah, <laughs> but i think trump was we just i remember we'd already i think we had the show set and then it was thrown in at the last minute because yeah, it was just it was so good so yeah so it is it a matter of learning phone, something really quickly the week before yeah. Mm. yeah we try and we're wanting to do kind of the even more topical stuff i think aren't we um, and there's topical stuff to and then there's like this the enduring stuff yeah <laughs> yeah um and so you're going to be revisiting some of the stuff that we might have been familiar with if we've seen before for the fringe is that correct yes it's an hour long yes yes yeah and it's what, the best of material or? yeah we kind of like we've worked really hard for a year coming up with so much different yeah, yeah. material and so this is kind of like a showcase of you know our work the best of the fanny testicles greatest hits greatest yeah. hits fantastic <laughs> excellent um and so your what, what dates in the fringe are you on Judy? We are eighth, uh, ninth, tenth of May, which is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. We then come back for the twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, which I think runs into or over the weekend. Okay, so that's uh, probably the bank holiday weekend, if I'm remembering correctly. It is. Um, and where, where are you? We are at the jukebox. Yeah. Eight thirty-five. Eight thirty-five. Really interesting time. There we go. That's good. That's lovely. Oh, and you can that. see us all like, other things as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all You'll see us all around Brighton. <laughs> So that again, so that you can find us all in other things and oh, doing other things during the festival so Sarah oh, Charles yeah. is every Thursday yep at Junkyard Dogs um, Edward Street 
Oh, yeah, you can take it. <laughs> We're called the Junkyard Five. It's five uh, local female comedians uh, doing an hour's stand up between us. But, uh, 20 minutes each or a quarter of an hour each? Ish. 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah 10 ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm in another fringe show called. Can I say it? You can say it. I think you can say that. Yeah, go on. Uh, It's Am I Fuckable? In my diary, it looks very interesting (laughs) with funny tascals and fuckable written all over it. Um, uh, Yeah, that's... uh, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th. And then again on 3rd and 4th of June. (laughs) She's not even in it. And Judy's, your show's at Rialto. It is on the 6th, 7th and 8th of may so actually for the for those of you who may have realized i'm doing two shows on one night um, oh, which is very interesting um but that is at the rialto at 7 30 i think our performing time is uh, over the weekend oh lisa's also now my fuckable yeah. so for people <laughs> who can't impressive. keep uh keep their diaries together um got you, you've you've yeah. got a lot of things in your diaries <laughs> yeah. um I was speaking to uh, you earlier with um, this terrifying question about um, what did... Because uh, many of us in our lives invented a thing or wrote, had the idea for a book or the idea for a film in our childhood or, or in our younger years that somebody else got to first. Um, and you're all looking away from me at the moment. Because we need a week to think about this, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't remember this on the spot. There but you're a writer. Something. We've said this before. You're a writer. Did you, um, did you ever come up with an idea that somebody else has, you know, did you come up with Star Wars? No, no, definitely not. There was something that I came up with yeah. that I can't think of it now. But no, in terms of writing projects, not so much. Um, although I will do a little shout out for my brother here yeah. who came up, he had a song called Jumbalooney. Um, which was Wake Me Up When September Ends. Wow. Um, and Green Day stole it. Um, you know, mm. bastards. Uh, so, lo- um, lawyers are available <laughs> to qualify that point in that when we course, say that Green Day stole it, it. No, no, yeah. Um, no, of course. <laughs> so it was the, basically exactly the same chord sequence, exactly the same progression. Uh, obviously not the same lyrics because no, it no. was called Jumbalooney. Um It's funny that the okay. one that with actual understandable words was the more successful one. Well, I yeah, I think yeah. that's exactly where my brother, you know, was was um, going as well. It would yeah. have been very successful. Uh, fantastic. So not mine, but, but his. But not yours. Does anybody else in the room have any sort of idea or invention that they thought of when they were a kid that somebody else got to first? No. That's no. going to be a big no. Right? <laughs> a friend of mine came up with the concept of uh, wouldn't it be great if you could phone in sick to your own life. Oh God! <laughs> Isn't that attempted suicide? <laughs> no, I think it's just oh. having a day off, being who oh, okay. you are, and doing your life the way you normally do. That's a duvet day. Exactly. Oh, okay. Um, but that wasn't. No, no, that, that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> just trying to offer. Is there anybody r- reading a book at the moment, or what? Or binge watching something on Netflix at the moment, or have seen a film recently, or heard a podcast, another podcast that we you'd like to recommend that we should really check out? Um, I almost can't go out anymore because I have to keep watching The Good Wife. Oh, okay. And those people have just become even better than real life. Sorry. Um, there's, yeah. a se- there's a sequel, uh, not a sequel. There's a, like a, a spin-off series that's come out recently, or is about to come out. Is there? Uh, yeah, I thought that was a joke. No, 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 no. <laughs> genuinely, it's, I think it's called The Good Fight, and it's oh. about um, I can't remember the name of the elder. Um, it's Ridley. Was it Ridley Scott? I think yeah, it was his production thing. But yeah, yeah the uh, one of the characters has got her own spin-off series. Okay. Um, I do actually want it to end because I think I should go out. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's be a, released. It, yes. That that'll be good. Uh, um, anybody else? Um, Sarah, do you have anything um, that you are addicted to at the moment? Not addictive, but saw a good film last week called Get Out. Oh, God, Get Out! Oh, it's yes. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was billed as a horror, and that would usually put me off because I don't like horror films. But I don't think it was. I, I think it's 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 certainly one of the most horrible experiences. I spent the first half an hour, forty minutes, going, I don't understand what's going on in that delicious, unpleasant way, and basically repeating the title of the film to myself and to the lead character for the first half an hour. Um, so yeah, Get Out is, is I'm not sure that I'm going to have a, a stronger response to a film this year. I'm not sure that we can even talk about it that much without giving away mm. any plot points whatsoever. So we, 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 we won't. Um, <laughs> it's about, it's billed as the modern look who's coming to dinner. There is, there's an element of that. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole um, Stepford Wives element to it as well. Um, hello, Heather. Hello. What's going, what's going on for you at the moment? Uh, so um, recently, because uh, I wasn't very well, I was actually able to catch up on some TV, which I haven't been able to do for a long time. Yeah. So um, I uh, was watching American Horror Story, which yeah. I adore. Uh, it's very screwed up, which is great. Uh, and Inside Number Nine, I've just started. Oh, I've only fantastic. watched two episodes. Um, so you're way back in season one at the moment. Yes. Um, yeah. On Netflix. Oh, is that, no, it's, it's on Amazon. It's, I think. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Sorry, or, yeah. But, yeah. Ice cream van. <laughs> and it's um I yeah, I think it's brilliant. Something but I really need to make sure I give it time because each uh, episode is so different and individual. Well it's one of those series that um I, I follow Reese Jane Smith on Twitter and he seems to have to spend a lot of time remind people sort of say, How did I not know about inside number nine? And he very sort of calmly says, Yeah, I've been going on about it for a while yeah. now. Um so it's it's Loosely, like in a new version of yeah. Tales of the Unexpected, or a, n- a new story every single episode. But Heather also put me onto Black Mirror. I was about to say Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something about my uh, taste in a. I just like dark, well, dark comedy. Well, certainly Black Mirror is definitely a, an idea of uh, pulling something that we've already had a fear about and then putting that into a, into a narrative form. Yeah. Something mm. that I find interesting about Inside Number Nine, and we've sort of used it occasionally in terms of writing workshops for. Uh, cast iron theatre is a whole idea of a perfect half an hour perfect 25 minutes of introducing these characters yeah. putting them for the ringer and then delivering a sucker punch of an ending yeah. uh, within yeah 25 minute period and what's great is um, within Sun number 9 is each episode is under a completely different style mm. Yeah, like I really when, enjoy the way yeah. that they're not... Like comp- Doctor Who. Well, uh, <laughs> not even so much that, but in terms of, as writers and producers, they're, they're not complacent at all. They will go for the more difficult road. Mm. So one road, one episode will be absolutely silent. Yeah. One episode, I think, in the next season will be Unimic Pentap. That's Shakespearean. I am, I am a Pentapter. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> I tried to say it and I got confused. Which is a ridiculous thing to do, um, but they that would be interesting it. to yeah. see I'm looking forward to it uh, one episode is um, told purely from uh, the point of view of three CCTV cameras mm-hmm. uh, well, that's very Black Mirror that. yeah. like mm-hmm. that. Um, hello Judy what, what, what are you addicted to at the moment um, oh god not to sound like an early 20s something but uh, Grimm I don't know if anyone's watched it okay. Grimm is I haven't actually seen Once Upon a Time but I've heard that I'd love it um, but Probably. Grimm is basically um, ugh, takes the idea of 
a race of people, I guess, called the Grimms. So based on the Brothers Grimm, who can see the kind of creature inside other people. Yeah. Um, and then it's basically kind of a supernatural fairy story alongside a cop drama, which to me is just like, oh my god, fantastic! You've got like the wire for early 20s something but then you've got um <laughs> fairy tales as well so um, the wire meets hansel and gretel i think so okay um, do they so have songs they don't have songs. no it's all very serious <laughs> do they not make like a singing demon um, or anything no no singing demons i mean that's i mean that's what i'm gonna invent and then someone's gonna steal my buffy uh, buffy did it, it. <laughs> 15 years ago you would love the episode it's oh, great I'm, i was a charmed person um rather than uh, buffy so i didn't see that that's fair enough but yeah so no it's um it's on season six and it's the last season and i'm having to travel to worthing to watch it with my friends so we all watch it at the same time i i also haven't (laughs) i also haven't watched it um six seasons is is quite long did did it go through like a season three season four slump where oh okay no it i watched the first two episodes because i was like oh well see what it's like you know season one i'll watch it first episode was kind of enough to keep me interested to get to episode two and then by that point i was completely hooked and I binge watched the first three series because they were available, and then I had to wait a year until somebody, thank God, gave it to me for my birthday because I was trying to wait because everyone says, "Where's well, your birthday?" So I deliberately don't buy anything for six months. Sure. And then, thank Fair God, someone good. actually did give me that DVD, and then I had to wait another six months for the next series. So well, you have a birthday um, every six months. No, but until <laughs> it came been... out, um, oh, okay. so I couldn't bother, be bothered to wait a year. This like time the Queen. It was so good. I like to think I'm like the Queen. Okay. Um. The other question that we often ask people on the Cast Iron Theatre podcast um, is where we would be likely to find you in Brighton having page coffee. Or... Oh, sorry. Page three? Page <laughs> three. <laughs> the six of us. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. So, yes, indeed. But in terms of if you're having coffee or you're busy doing your writing or not writing, um, and this isn't this shouldn't be viewed as a, like a stalker's guide or anything. Um, but um, if if you are sort of you hang out having coffee, having a drink, if you um, have a um, a place where you are creative, is that in the library? Is that in a coffee shop? Where are we likely to find you, um, Sarah? Um, I'm probably most creative walking my dog up the downs. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, I like that. But in terms of coffee shops, I would I'd even promote them because they're gorgeous. I yeah. love coffee. Is uh, pharmacy, which is very near where I live, and where down it... a little muse in Hove. And okay. It's a, uh, the guy that set up ground has gone off, and they they buy from individual farmers in developing lands and roast the beans, and you get and they're very knowledgeable, and the coffee's delicious, and they're really nice, and they're only open Wednesdays to. Sundays, so I can really go eleven till three. Oh, that's quite neat. They're they're not even open for the entire week. No, but they provide <laughs> like, a, like a proper pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like an old fashioned yeah, yeah. pharmacy, totally. When you are walking your dog and you've got a brilliant idea, have you got a piece of paper and a pen or do you panic and forget the idea when you come back? I've learned to trust that the good ideas just stick around. Oh, I've not learned to trust that at all. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's that's what I do. Um, I don't know, yeah. And if they go, they go. And I just know another one or something hopefully will happen. She says that's so terrible. I don't mean it in an arrogant way, but they come and go, don't they? There's a constant... Flow. If if we have ninety eight li- um, writers listening to this podcast, ninety eight. Sh- I, I hate, hate you. Yeah, 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 Sorry, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't remember anything. So. Fair enough. Uh, Sarah, Charlie, um, where are we likely to find you being creative? I can be. Oh, I can never just sit down and think. Right, okay. I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm going to write something now. It just will come to me. Can be doing anything. Brushing my teeth. 
doing the washing up at work when I'm obviously working really of course you are yeah, yeah. my job um, you do know that any ideas you come up with are then the property of your employers that's a thing anyway. Um, None of my materials, mine then. So do you find that um, it is, because we spoke about this a bit earlier, is it literally difficult to write? Is it even physically to write? Does like a 10-minute piece take weeks to write because you're having to come back to it, come back to it? Um, From the first seed of thought. um, Yeah, yeah, probably. Not loads of times. It depends on what something just might flow straight away yeah. and the others might yeah have to keep like we've got one particular um sketch lady garden spa yeah and we had to keep we just it wasn't working for some reason and over the space so that was months wasn't it we kept coming back to it, it was trying yeah. to yeah find a way to make that mark work so there was lots of you know writing it and then Pick it, pull it apart and yeah and put it back in, in a different actually it's when we suddenly thought that was the helpful thing yeah. wasn't it yeah. But that was yeah, that was a multi-handed writing yeah, task, wasn't it? That we came out of a conversation that then got improvised, that then yeah. got written down, and then you made it work. You got the prize well, at the end. You yeah. were the one that made it work at the end. Yes, but a lot of everyone's ideas had gone into it beforehand, yeah. so. Yes. Oh, beautiful formation, uh, Heather. Well, where, because uh, um, where do you find yourself? Being creative, or coming up with ideas, or having those conversations. Um, mine is always when I'm trying to sleep okay oh, it's oh. at night this definitely shouldn't be a stalker uh, conversation <laughs> it's usually after rehearsal when I've walked home yeah and I'm sort of buzzing and then I'll go I have to get ready for bed and then immediately I put my head down on the pillow and it's just constant and it can be really annoying because yeah. you want to get to sleep but you do find that you have to sometimes write things down or go okay I'll pick up on that tomorrow but then you also forget sure so you you, you <laughs> find the actual act of rehearsal of one thing will set triggers off for yeah. you to be thinking about other things. Yeah, because I sometimes in rehearsal, I mean, this happens with everyone, you won't immediately, you talk about subjects yeah. and then you need time to think and uh, and to process and then and that's always when I'm walking home and I think it's when I'm relaxed, it's suddenly yeah, yeah. I let myself sort of just, I don't know, all these crazy thought bubbles just come out. And it's... Well, I guess in, in that two hours or three hours of rehearsal that you've trained yourself to be quite open and receptive to new ideas so that you're not going to be putting up walls at all to any new concept or new uh, gag that might occur to you. Um, I think I'm just a bit slower on the process where it takes I... a bit of time for me to go, what is it we're trying to do? And so I, I'm not, me. I'm not, I, I don't know what the word, I'm, it sounds like I'm saying I'm not very quick. I'm just, um, it just takes a bit of time. Me you're using really, it over you, taking a look yeah. to texture it through. And then things come out. I don't know, I'd agree. I'd, I'd yeah. totally agree with that statement, yeah. Andrew. I think the process of playing around with people definitely opens mm. certain doors to people's creativity and it's yeah. quite normal I think because I don't think you're odd no, <laughs> like, no. walking home if you learn nothing else process. from this podcast <laughs> learn that you are not odd we can put that I think it's because there's a lot odd. there's sometimes when there's a lot of voices as well I'm just I like to listen and then yeah. I'll be like ah ah but that's usually when I'm lying down sure okay. <laughs> that's not one to put on the poster um uh, Judy Hello. Um, where where are you uh, most creative? Where do you find yourself writing or coming up with new ideas? Well, it, it definitely does sound stalkerish and weird, but I I don't really leave my flat when I'm feeling creative. Um, yeah. I find that the best thing to do is 
is not even to sit at my desk. Um, I just sit on my bed with a shoebox and I have a notebook sure. and kind of uh, muse over ideas there. That being said, what I guess in the shoebox, <laughs> it's empty. What's that for? Is that with a little? Oh, it's not the fairies. No. The no. creative no. fairies no, don't live in there. Shoebox. It's not a metaphor. No. <laughs> With my empty shoe. Wish I had some shoes. <laughs> but hang on, that's that's quite Dickensian. You don't, you don't have a desk. You have an well, empty no, shoe box. I do have a desk. I, 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 associate... I sold hey. it for a microphone. What are you going to sell for the ukulele? Oh, the kids do their shoes. Um, so no, I actually find that I do have a desk, but it's not always the most. I'm very aware that I am trying to write when I yeah. sit at my desk and. I sat there a lot when I was at uni, so now it's like I'd rather just sit on my bed with a shoebox and a notebook and, and be comfortable. Um, you're all pissing yourselves, I'm not entirely sure why. But, um, that's me! There's something beautifully early George Orwell about yes. propping a shoebox on your knees. That's not on my knees! I no. sit cross-legged with it in front oh, okay. of me. <laughs> Is it is is the flat sometimes so cold that the ink is frozen? No. Okay. Well, actually, sometimes it is because my heating's an absolute bitch. But um, I have a fan next to my bed for that reason. God, I do so. What's his name? Gordon. Everything in immediate reach. Um, but I haven't yet resorted to cup of soups, so I like to think I'm still ahead of the curve on. Um, I, I think uh, 2017. It's such an odd year. I think that uh, t- uh, cup of soups are going to come really yeah. fashionable. I don't, say it. I don't want no. Yeah. No, no, me, me too. But no, well, we um, are looking for an advertising deal anyway, so you know. <laughs> As I was trying Fanny to say. Fanny sponsored by Let's Cup of Soup. <laughs> oh dear. What no, were you trying to say? <laughs> I was trying to say I also learn a lot from uh, people watching, and if I'm not at home, I actually get quite a few ideas on the train. I've written, I did actually write a half an hour play that got performed in Worthing um, based on train time musings. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I do I, a lot of people watching in terms of just building character ideas and. And I guess this year particularly, uh, a lot of people watching outside of trains and just uh, the train is not moving at all. Well, I mean that's really uninspiring. Oh, yeah. don't bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say Southern Rail may be one of my own Facebook things if no one else wants it. If, if so. the material is there, then well, yes, exactly. exploit it. Okay, um, but Fantasticals are performing when? Monday the eighth. Tuesday the 9th, Wednesday the 10th of May. Yeah. Followed by Friday the 26th, Saturday the 27th, and Sunday the 28th of May. <laughs> I'm laughing because Heather was staying at page 33 of the fringe document. Oh, 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 you were the dates again? <laughs> Oh, well, you, you're, 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 you're a teen, that's the point. You're, you're, you're absolutely a teen. And on that note, so um, what time on those uh, days are you? 8.35. 8.35. That was a great phone voice. I, mean, I enjoyed that. Um, and uh, where are you? We are the jukebox theatre. <laughs> 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 are you sure about that? Very 100% sure. The funny testicles are, will be performing at the Jukebox Theatre in yeah. Waterloo Street. Waterloo Street, fantastic. Well, it's been a genuine pleasure to speak to you. Uh, thank you uh, for your time. Uh, so in the room, we have Judy Bignall. Mm, thank goodbye, you. Goodbye, goodbye, thank you. Bye, uh, Have a Rose Andrews. Thank you, bye. Sarah Charlesley. Thanks, Andrew. And Sarah Davis. Thank you. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. See you next time. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast, presented by me, Andrew Allen, edited by Michelle Donkey. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. 
find us on Twitter at cast underscore iron acts, on Facebook with ironclad cast iron, all one word, and our website is castironbrighton.weebly.com. Subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Do you know what I'm gonna ask you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. I'll take Amy. You take Lisa. I can't say Lisa's. Kara. No one can. That's why I'm passing it on. Nobody knows. Kara. Lisa. Kara. And so, you're not sure. Kara. I think it's Kara. Lisa. Kara. No, it's not. It's Kara. It's Kara. Fuck's sake. The Cast Iron Theatre Podcast, talking all things theatre in Brighton, talking all things music, comedy, improv, stand-up, workshops, juggling, and indeed even the thing where those kids are jumping off buildings onto other buildings in trainers and stuff like that. Uh, if you are in any way creative in Brighton... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. What, <laughs> like suicide? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But they're wearing trainers, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, that'll be out. Of we haven't been we're introduced be... yet. Shh, shh, shh. We're not here. <clears throat>